Welcome to Roommates, the D&D podcast where I teach my wife and you about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Greg, and it's just me here this week. Allie has taken a brief sick leave. It's nothing too serious, but we do apologize for skipping a week. But Allie has had some other questions that she's asked me over the last week. And one of them has become really relevant in some of the campaigns I've been playing in. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. And it has to do with downtime. And her question is, what are the benefits of downtime, both from a DM and a player perspective? When we talk about downtime in D&D or role-playing games, It doesn't mean getting away from the table or getting away from the campaign, although that is certainly helpful at times to take a breather. But what it specifically means is downtime in between adventures. So party just went off on a quest into a cave. They fought with a dragon, ran away from the dragon, bartered with the dragon, snuck back into the dragon's lair, stole some of its treasure, uh, managed to convince the dragon that goblins actually took its treasure, and they made it back home with all of that loot. End of adventure, right? Not always, because maybe that adventure is just but another link into some grand campaign. Downtime is a chance for the party to wind down in between adventures and have a little bit of fun. Just like when you've just had a long week of work and on the weekend you get to have some downtime. It's common for us to think in D&D and other tabletops that You know, the party, they do one quest, and they do the next quest, and the next quest, and the next. Uh, We see that in video games, and we see it in movies, where it's just one thing after another. But the beauty about role-playing games is that you can simulate life a little bit. And I don't mean just, you know, it doesn't have to be boring, and it doesn't have to be really long. So I'm going to go over some of the downtime activities that they introduce in the Dungeon Master's Guide and Xanathar's Guide to Everything. These are by no means a complete list. Um, In fact, as a Dungeon Master or even as a creative player, you can come up with your own ideas for downtime. So here's a list of some of the things. We have building a stronghold buying or selling a magic item, carousing, which is like, you know, partying, having a good time, crafting an item or crafting a magic item, or scribing spell scrolls. You could do a little bit of criminal activity. You can spend your time gaining renown. You can spend your time gambling or pit fighting or performing sacred rites or religious services, can relax on your downtime, do research, you can run a business, you can sell rumors, you can train, or you could just do plain old-fashioned work, 
roll up those shirt sleeves. So why is any of this helpful? There are some obvious things that stand out, um, some not so obvious. The biggest one probably being buying and selling a magic item. So you get, you know, this great piece of loot, but it turns out everyone in your party wanted to be sorcerers and you have, you know, this great sword that turns on fire and nobody can use it because the sorcerer is not going to get up close. They want to shoot things with fireballs from far away. So in your downtime, you can spend that time selling the magic item. You say, wait, DM, I'm just going to go to the general goods store and sell my flame tongue greatsword. And I'm going to say, well, the general's goods store isn't going to pay 4,000 gold pieces for your flame tongued greatsword because they can't afford it. It is just a humble mom and pop joint, okay, that sells um, basic toolkits. So, you got to spend some of your downtime, and in the books they say it's like a work week, spend your downtime and a little bit of gold, find a buyer, you know, or uh, if you are buying a magic item, finding a seller. And these can bring a host of complications. And this is where it gets interesting, because someone might catch wind of this sale and they might try to steal it off of you. Or someone might have owned this item previously and they are trying to get it back. Doesn't matter who bought it, doesn't matter who sold it, they are getting this item back. Even if the money changed hands, they don't care. So you can, as a DM, use downtime to create these interesting little scenarios that give the world a little bit more life, make it feel a little bit more um, real in a way, and make the setting have more stakes, that the characters can't just come in and do whatever they want but that they still have to work for some things. When you do downtime, you don't want to make it so important that characters don't want to adventure anymore. Unless you just plan to run the rest of your campaign in this you know, little town where the characters just settle down and you just role-play uh, adventures who retire, totally fine. But you want this downtime to just serve as a break in the pace. They just had a series of long battles. They've been on the road for weeks. Uh, they've been attacked by the villain time and time again, they've learned all of these different plot points, etc., etc. Downtime is a chance of letting the players digest all this information and repackage it. So in some of these um, activities, such as research, maybe a character heard some interesting bit of lore or read something on a cave wall that maybe with a week of downtime doing that research, 
they might discover something that has relevance later in the campaign. It might lead them on a little side quest. You know, if a character they've, you know, just been dealing with goblins and dragons and liches and all that stuff, and they just want to unwind and party and be the life of the town, this is a great chance to do that. They just won all this gold. A big problem with gold and loot and treasure is that it often just sits there. I've seen players, they have 5,000 gold pieces in, in their pockets. Well, what are you doing? Should I send, you know, a group of bandits to rob you or something? Let them use that for something. They could use it for gambling. Maybe they want to get into the pits and, you know, fight some pit fighters or wrestlers or whatever. Have them bet on each other. This is just time to have a little bit of fun. But you can introduce some complications into the mix, like maybe they make an enemy. Maybe in the course of the pit fighting, someone accuses them of cheating. Or they encounter a, uh, someone that they wrestle to a standstill, and now this person is a new rival. This is a chance for you, as a DM, to take a breather, because contrary to what everyone thinks, it is almost a job. You get to take a breather, have some activities that the players can distract themselves with, and I'll get to why this is good for the players, but let them get distracted with this stuff. It also allows them to build upon their characters, and while they're doing that, you can have enough room to plan the next phase of your campaign. You get to plan the next adventure that awaits them. With this downtime, and to decide whether or not it's good for your table or good for the right moment, you need to read the table. So downtime, if you're doing a one-shot Obviously, you're not going to have time for this. One-shot campaign is going to be about four hours. You're just not going to have it, okay? Except maybe at the very end. So what I do argue is that the conclusion of your campaign should actually be downtime. You know, when um, Luke blows up the Death Star, yeah, it's right at the end of the movie, but when they get back, you know, Luke, Han, and Leia, they hug because they're all happy that they, they lived. And then they go to the award ceremony. Han gets a medal. Luke gets a medal. Chewie doesn't get a medal. Um, but that is downtime. That is a celebration. I'm sure they had a feast. I'm sure they had a party and stuff like that. The end of an adventure should be a celebration. Should it just be, and you defeated the evil wizard, and that is all. That's not a, that's not a good res resolution. But by making an effective downtime at the very end of an adventure, even if it's a one-shot, 
this could incentivize players into wanting to play again, especially with those characters. And then once you've gotten that buy-in, now you can link that adventure to another and start to build a campaign. And you can even import whatever um, consequences of the previous adventure and the downtime into the next campaign. Maybe over the course of the feast, um, you had someone observe from afar and just notice that these adventurers are people to beware of, to keep an eye on. Maybe uh, someone gave them a medal or something that turned out to be cursed. Who knows? So definitely read your table. But I, I would even say in one shots, a little bit of downtime, if effective, can be a really great way to end an adventure. Now for campaigns, I would say that downtime is almost necessary. The reason being is if you go from A to B to C to D to E to F, you know, from cave to jungle to cave to river to lake to stronghold, that can be all one adventure, but you cannot repeat that indefinitely. No one can. Even in, um, even in like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, those campaigns really <laughs> last years. You know, it's, it's not just one continuous thing after another. And it certainly can be, but there are moments where there is downtime. And those moments, they can take days, they can take weeks, they could even take months because some things are, it's, there's not a doomsday clock situation. It's not going to be the end of the world in the next week. Some things, uh, events die down, there are no leads, and the party needs to bide their time and wait for the villain to reveal themselves or for some piece of evidence to crop up or a rumor to have spread in order for them to get on with the adventure. And it's players do get anxious because they want to feel that they drive everything. But this is where you start to use your downtime to your advantage. It gives the player agency to improve their character in customizable ways without the GM giving fame, fortune, level ups just because you killed a monster or you completed an adventure. Those things should come, yes, but having your character be able to pick and choose how they want to grow, whether it is they want to work for a lord to gain wealth or work in a tavern so that they can get a little bit of money but at the same time hear rumors 
or spread rumors about someone because these rumors can help topple an evil tyrant over time kind of thing. Um, if they want to do training because the GM might give them a proficiency in a skill or a feat or, a, or something, having this kind of agency lets you customize your character even more because a, a lot of traps that I see is that your character is only as strong as the book says it is. That a level five fighter is as strong as all the abilities that a level five fighter has in the book. And that is simply not true. That's why magic items exist. That's why charms or blessings exist. That's why treasure exists. There are ways of customizing your character, but the same thing with feats. Your, if your character who is a fighter and has no magical aptitude whatsoever starts spending weeks of downtime studying under some local wizard or something, I might just give you the magic initiate feat. Here, you could pick two cantrips and a first level spell. And now that gives the fighter a little extra utility in battle versus just swinging their axe. For a player, it is a, it is a great boon to have that downtime. In fact, one of my characters, she is an artificer and in her downtime, she uses it to craft magic items. And I even asked some of the other players, hey, do you want to get some buy into this? Let me some gold, let me some of your downtime, and I'll craft the items faster. And these are things we can use for the party. And so with the player buy-in, they are actively contributing to their adventure. It would be, um, it, it's, it's just like in... Pick any fantasy movie, pick any movie or story. The characters, when they have a goal, they're going to take steps towards improving their chances of succeeding at that goal. Whether it is looking for a weapon, whether it is looking for extra money, whether it is looking for rumors or doing research. In the, in the first Lord of the Rings movie, uh, or book, Gandalf is always going to some library to do some research on the ring or the Mines of Moria or whatever so that he could be prepared. You know, as a character, you could be running right into a trap. You could, uh, an NPC could be telling you a falsehood that leads you into this cave where he says treasure is there. But maybe if you did your research, you would either know that, no, there is no treasure there, or maybe there are, there are rumors that there's a treasure there, but it's also laden with traps of specific kinds. You know, maybe that a certain amulet might protect you from the traps within that layer, or there is a guardian that only answers to someone who has a specific sword or something, or can speak a password, that kind of thing. 
So these little bits of information can come in handy and it makes you as the player more excited to have found this on your own. From the DM's perspective, it's making your players happy and all of those, you know, 100-page lore documents that none of your players read, now you can deliver that out in bite-sized chunks. And players will just eat that up. Because I, I know my players don't read this stuff. But by having these little downtime activities, this is your chance towards just feeding that out little by little. Um gets them more invested in some of your NPCs. They can make a friend, they can make a rival. They might um, gain some renown with a faction or an organization or a lord or even some common folk who are willing to help them when they really, really need it. Now these people aren't gonna lay down and die for them, Probably not, but you know, if the, if the players are on the run because they're accused of a crime, maybe they'll be given shelter. Um, if they really need some kind of item, like or if they need like a ship, a lord might say, "Well, you you help me, you know, smooth things over in my town, um, or you help resolve this problem. I will help you out." So these, these are chances of giving players more solutions to your problems. And it also invests them into paying attention to what you're giving them. Because if a player knows that a certain activity might confer a certain benefit, they're more likely to remember that or they're more likely to write it down, or they're more likely to remember that NPC. So I encourage anyone who has a long running campaign or even just a series of adventures to find some downtime here and there. It doesn't have to be doomsday the whole way through. And really, unless it's some kind of gauntlet adventure like Strahd Must Die Tonight that a lot of people play on Halloween. It really shouldn't be a doomsday adventure. Now, if you have uh, an adventure, for example, that the conclusion is that at the end of a year, the world will end unless the party deals with this lich. Okay, yes, they have a time limit, but are you really going to let them defeat the Lich in four weeks? <laughs> you can say, hey, there doesn't seem to be anything going on. There, you don't have any leads. It just seems like you're, you know, just trying to find breadcrumbs that aren't there. Use this opportunity for downtime. You know, um, try to craft some magic item, try to try to buy one, try to do research. This research might lead you to places. Maybe in the course of it, you might learn a new spell. 
really pad out that adventure. Don't let that adventure end so quickly because realistically in real world time, it isn't going to end really quickly. The adventures could take weeks. They could take months. Some adventures take years. But use that real world time to say, okay, you have downtime. Now that you're in this town, now that you're in this city, you don't have to dump off all your loot and leave, you know, just wait. You could even preface it by saying that, oh, the Lord of Tesselhorn has requested that you stay the week so that he may confer a boon upon you or that he's asked you to wait so that you will have an armed escort take you to the city or wait for a specific NPC to ride into town so that they can deliver news of this attack in some far off place. Give them a reason to stay, really, and make this reason important, essential for the next phase of the adventure. When you are doing downtime activities, the result of those activities can give new adventure hooks. It could give players ideas for a new quest or DMs ideas for a new quest. Or it can shift the player's interest, at least personally for their character. And that shift in interest can give you, as a DM, more ideas in how to invest their character in the campaign. You know, because, of course, yes, the party as a whole are supposed to stop this evil god or they're supposed to bring down this tyrant or they're supposed to protect uh, this planner portal to the plane of water. But players still come to the table. Well, a lot of players come to the table with a backstory, with aspirations, their characters got pulled into this for some reason or another, but for, as a storyteller, you want to tie in the character's personal goals with the main goal. And downtime can be very helpful in that way. If the characters encounter an NPC who ends up becoming an ally or an enemy or a rival, they could tie in with that end goal, whether directly or indirectly. So, downtime, very helpful. I would encourage you to use it at the end of any adventure, whether it is a, a quick one, a one-shot that you, you do it to wrap the adventure in a neat little bow. It could incentivize other players, but definitely in between adventures in a longer campaign. Also, read your table again, see which players love to roleplay, and you can roleplay mini sessions with them, 30 minutes, an hour. Um, you could have, you know, one-on-one -on -one session, or if players want to do similar downtime activities together, maybe multiple uh, players in that session. 
you can do downtime through text. You know, just if you don't have a game um, for a whole week, or maybe you do it bi-weekly, just you could text downtime or email or however you communicate. And that way you are not bogging down the main campaign with you know, separate groups of players doing their own thing and you got to divert attention all around. But you can address the player's personal um, downtime and their personal goals. And the players can come back to the table when the table all gets back together and they can surprise each other with news of their downtime. Oh, hey, I crafted this item for you. You know, here you go. Or, hey... I just gambled 500 gold pieces, lost 300 of it, but then um, made back a thousand more. Or, hey, I just got accused of a crime. Um, can somebody bail me out? So that is a, a fun way of bringing a group together um, and, a, and a surprising way. So. Use downtime to keep the player's interests even outside of your campaign. Okay, I know when, when the weeks roll on, some players, their interests might wane um, here and there, but this is a good way of keeping them going. All right, so that's all I have for downtime. I hope this answered Allie's question. I hope she's learned something from it. I hope you learned something from it. So I'm about to sign off. Remember, please support us at patreon.com slash rollmatespod. Uh, you can, with a nice monthly donation, you can ask me questions, you can vote on topics, and you could get access to secret episodes. You could also contact us on twitter.com slash rollmatespod. We like to hear what you think. And you can find us on any of the podcast platforms, perhaps even the one you're listening to now. And maybe next time we will finally get to play. So this is Gregory signing off.